0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Addicts podcast. My name is Mung, and of course, you can find me on Twitter at FFA
1: underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. Addicts, welcome back to the podcast. It's Los at FFA underscore Los. Welcome to the Week 3 preview. And Mung, I got to tell you, it feels good to be King Survivor Champion right here, baby.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, you certainly uh, are the the only (laughs) one to not get a big wrong just yet. Uh, but I am happy that I have two picks up uh, on you in our pick'em, and uh, yeah, it's it, it's pretty interesting. I, every week, I think I've seen the craziest week of football until the following week, and that's kind of how Week Two went. I mean, some wild upsets, some overtime, and huge comebacks by Miami and then Arizona as well in overtime. And this is why we love football, Louis.
1: It, it you're absolutely right uh if, if it was as cut and dry as it seems like any analyst could say then they wouldn't play the games they'd already be done on paper
0: yeah and that's why uh, you know the nfl has they've been i don't know if you've noticed on your broadcast but they've been running that commercial where uh you know they say to bet responsibly because you know miracles can happen and then they yep. show this improbable game and it really is true right i mean how many times have we seen i mean Look at Buffalo going to the Super Bowl four straight years. Look at the the Patriots comebacks. Just all these crazy things that have happened over the years.
1: Yeah, look at the Lions winning any game. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I I have a a
0: low-key pick that I think is an underdog this week that we'll get to Uh in just a little bit. But, Uh uh, you know, let's get started with just an absolute banger of a Thursday night game, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, At the Cleveland Browns, Uh, a a, a great, a great follow-up to last week's Chargers Chiefs matchup, no doubt. Um, And I only say that, you know, half sarcastically, right? We've seen these AFC North showdowns just have some crazy fireworks sometimes. Uh, You know, the Steelers passing offense hasn't looked great so far with Mitch Trubisky, but Deontay Johnson has seen a 30 plus percent target share. So despite his struggles, you're starting him and, you know, Najee Harris still getting a lot of reception as well. Neither seems to have a huge ceiling with how bad this offense looks, but they're still fairly safe starts here.
1: Hey, you said it, man. Nothing more exciting than Mitch Trubisky versus Jacoby Brissett.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't know that Trubisky much of an upgrade over, you know, 45-year-old Roethlisberger last year, but uh, at the he's very not, least... He's a downgrade. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, at the very least, it seems like they're staying
1: in-game, so at least yeah. keeping
0: it interesting. Yeah, like um, you a,
1: said, it's working pretty ante. I I think Fryermuth is worth mentioning in a uh, in a year where the tight ends look as lousy as ever. Pat Fryermuth is a is a is like a top five tight end right now.
0: didn't we just say in the preseason show, Los, every year it seems like we feel like, oh, tight end's actually pretty deep this year. And yeah. it's it's really not. And then it, then it's never not.
1: Yeah. Yep. Um, uh go early, although don't draft Kyle Pitts, I guess, if you're going early, or wait until uh, the teens rounds.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll get to the Falcons and talk about Pitts for sure. But uh, yeah. let's move on to the Browns side here. Nick Chubb, after Kareem Hunt, had two touchdowns in week one, said, hey, I'm going to show you up. Had three touchdowns in week two, but the Browns still lost. Uh, fantasy-wise, though, we don't care, right? I mean, it, it's going to be Chubb. Uh, Mari Cooper surprised everyone. I think he's a, a startable wide receiver through a flex here. But uh, you know, outside of that, uh, Hunt maybe a flex and, and not a whole lot to discuss
1: here. Yeah, it would be right. ideal in the off season or maybe sometime this season, if uh, Cleveland's not looking so hot, if they could trade hunt to a contender so we could have two really, really good fantasy running backs, not, not uh, cannibalizing each other, but yeah, you're going to have some big games out of one, some out of the other. It's hard to track them down. I agree with you. Chubb still a, one, a back end one for me.
0: Yeah. We'd certainly love to see that for fantasy purposes, but Cleveland's been pretty adamant that they are not looking to trade hunt. So I wouldn't hold my breath. Um, you know, these AFC North matchups, they're, they're always so back and forth. You never know. Both of these offenses are really struggling. Uh, I'm just going to lean the home team. Give me the Browns here.
1: Yeah, I think you've got to pick Cleveland here. That's, that's the smart money.
0: Yeah, plus I think they'll have a little bit extra motivation uh, after that comeback by the Jets. So maybe they play a little harder here. Yeah. All right, moving on then to the Sunday noon Central, 1 p.m. Eastern Slate the houston texans at the chicago bears Uh, lovey smith smartly got damian pierce uh, more involved in week two pretty much got all the work on the ground but just a nice 69 yards to show for it no touchdown (laughs) and uh, rex burkhead still got more targets so it it seems like pierce is going to be this touchdown dependent flex he's startable this week i think against the bears where it should be a lot of ground and pound on both sides
1: revenge game narrative for lovey smith this could be an explosive matchup here folks
0: yeah and by explosive i think you mean <laughs> a heavy dose of pierce and uh, david montgomery on the other side
1: you got it right and uh, just to just to review oj howard one target seven yards hope he didn't spend big on those two touchdowns week one
0: yes sir on the bear side here uh, i think montgomery's a fine start uh what do you think about uh cole combat here is he droppable
1: I hate to say it, but yeah, he's, he's toast for now. It's not just him. They passed the ball. Was it 11 times this past week? Uh, Yeah. I I like the talent. I like the player. I like what I saw in the preseason, but you've got to move on right now. Tight end is, is too important to not replace. You can't take goose eggs every week.
0: Yeah. Not only that, they passed that much, you know, opening the second half down 20 right it's not right, like right it's not like it was a close game they're like well let's run it we'll see what happens so uh just yeah. not not a whole lot to love here for fantasy uh Khalil Herbert probably can't really trust him after the touchdown week one in that monsoon what about Darnell Moody I think he's in that boom bust wide receiver four range you know Houston secondary not the
1: scariest if you're in a shallower league drop him uh if you want to hang on to him I, I can't play him right now Not if you're throwing the ball 11 times and, uh, and what a good quarter or half of them are going to running backs. Yeah. He's really going to need that, that long
0: touchdown because it it feels like the volume is just not going to be there this year for the bears. Yep. And you know what I say, Los, when in doubt, I'm just going to lean the home team. I could see, I could see this one going either way.
1: It certainly could go either way. Uh, I got a route for Chicago here though. So, so let's pick the bears. Yes, sir.
0: Let's let's hopefully see a Bears win this week. Moving on to the Las Vegas Raiders at the Tennessee Titans. Uh, I feel like everything's fairly straightforward how we expected it to be. One of the few teams where they're kind of just what we expected them to be uh, coming into the preseason, right? I mean, you've got Jacobs, who's eh, flex-worthy. Uh, it's really Adams, Waller. Uh, I think Carr's a fine start, and then, you know, Remfro's in that Moody
1: category, right? You just don't know. Adams came way back down to earth this week. Did we miss a, a sell high opportunity? Is this what we're going to see more of?
0: No, I think it's fine. I, I think Arizona's defense just looked especially bad against the chiefs because yeah. I mean, it's the chiefs and at the, at the very least, we know he has a fair floor. I mean, still, I think seven, eight targets, despite only a couple catches, the Cardinals really worked on taking him away. And, uh, but Hey, he still came through with the touchdown
1: i'm with you you're, you're right on the ball
0: yeah and uh not much to talk about on the titan side after that uh just absolute beatdown that they took oh on goodness. monday night uh you know it's really derrick henry and then if you're desperate burks and woods should both get you know volume in a game where i think you know the raiders are not going to have trouble moving the ball here
1: do not sell derrick henry low just yet he's got I think the next five matchups. I don't have him in front of me, but I, I think each of the next five matchups, including this week, are are good for him. So, so I guess uh, buy him low if you can, but but do not sell him.
0: Yeah, and just for you know, we we normally focus on your standard one quarterback formats redraft, but in case you are in a two quarterback or super flex format, I would not drop uh, Ryan Tannehill. I actually think that. Tennessee wanted to protect their starter by pulling him uh, once the bills lead was just so big on Monday that, you know, there was no chance of them coming back. I, I do not think that they're planning on, you know, making the switch to Malik Willis right now.
1: Yeah. Just to highlight that. I think it is important to go through uh, since you said that to go through their upcoming schedule. So Raiders, Colts, commanders, Colts, Texans not scaring anybody with any of those defenses right now, don't, uh, don't drop value.
0: Yep, I, I certainly agree there. Um, man, th- this is a tough one. I, I think Tennessee is better than what we saw on Monday. I think the Bills are just really good, and we know that they can pull out these scrappy wins at home. We've seen them do it over the last few seasons with Grable, but at the same time, I think the Raiders come out hot after you know letting Arizona back into that game, which they should have had wrapped up,
1: and I'm going to lean the Raiders here. I, you were, I was hoping you were going to take the home team there. I, too, am going to take the Raiders.
0: All right. I see we're three for three matching up so far, Lowe's. Yeah, I gotta you got to gain some ground. To, uh, you don't want my lead to grow too much. I'm huh? just trying to play it safe right now. <laughs> I got to gain ground. All right. Um, Again, uh, next game here, Kansas City at Indianapolis. I feel like there's not a whole lot to say. We should have believed Patrick Mahomes when he told us flat out in the preseason that it's going to be tough to guess which wide receiver has a big game from week to week, and sometimes the answer is none. Um, I think, you know, Kelsey and Mahomes, obviously, are starting. CH, she's a fine RB2 here. If you had to pick a Chiefs wide receiver, I think I'm leaning Hardman, who's being used as the deep threat over MVS, surprisingly
1: enough. Uh, would you agree with that, Los? Ooh, gosh, if you're really pressing me on it, I have to start somebody. Can I just not? Yeah, I, I think you have to I th- pick one. I think I'd pick MVS, but in reality, I would not start any of them and try to stash Skymore if I had the roster space, if I, if I had wins the first two weeks, I think he's the answer in, in, you know, five, six weeks from now. Yeah.
0: I mean, again, it depends on how shallow or deep your bench is. I, I think more is on waiver wires. And I, I don't think he needs to be rostered in 10 team, maybe in 12 team.
1: Sure. So uh, if you're, if you're forcing me on this uh, it's MVS, but I okay. don't like it.
0: Yeah. And uh, you might not like Jonathan Taylor that much either. Uh, oh as gosh. you did after week one. Um just nine carries and one target and a surprising blowout loss against the Jaguars in week two. Obviously you're not benching Taylor, but you know, there is some cause for concern that his floor may not be as high as it is. Is if the Colts defense can't really consistently keep them in games. Um, you know, if they fall behind early to the Chiefs this week, how much work does Jonathan Taylor get? I- again. It's not really a huge conversation that needs to be had because you're not benching him, but obviously this is not what we wanted to see. Uh, and it feels like this offense really needs Michael Pittman. I just depending on if he's out again with the quad injury, Ashton Doolin maybe flex worthy. He seemed to be the clear favorite for Matt Ryan with Pittman out.
1: Which year is, are the Colts going to start taking the quarterback position seriously uh, and not just signing you know old vets for one year deals?
0: Yeah, I think uh, they've they've been in the, that bad quarterback juju land ever since Andrew Luck retired, yeah. out, and it it feels like uh, you know th- now they finally tried to invest in the offensive line. But it's interesting because their offensive line, even last year, it was way better at run blocking than pass protecting, and, and it doesn't seem like a whole lot has changed this season. Yeah, Matt
1: Ryan is really bad, man. It's it's uh
0: yeah, I, I don't know that it's all on Ryan, but he certainly threw a couple of just baffling interceptions uh, against Jacksonville. But again, the Colts always seem to struggle when they go down to Jacksonville, right? I mean, we
1: talked about last week that this game was certainly not one we wouldn't even touch for Survivor. Yep, true. True story. And certainly not picking Indianapolis anytime soon. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, I I did not think we would have to uh,
0: really debate a whole lot on this one. Uh, Let's move on to the next game, the Buffalo Bills at Miami Dolphins. Uh, The Bills, Gabriel Davis (sighs) suffered an ankle injury in practice and ended up missing the Monday night game, but they sure didn't look like they needed him much because Stephon Diggs took over. Josh Allen was doing Josh Allen things. And I don't know that you really can rely on any piece. I, I mean, part of my issue with, davis heading into the season was that i said maybe it's just josh allen stefan Diggs, and then everybody else gets a piece here and there and uh, we'll see because he did have a nice week one uh, missed week two but uh, outside of Diggs and allen and maybe davis if he's back i I, it's hard to start on anybody i still think Dax is fine yeah i mean i I just don't know that the volume is really there and, and he got banged up. I know a little bit in game, but it seemed like he was okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, but I what mean, tight
1: end is the volume there for? He's 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 at least the top ten. I mean, maybe Maybe right <laughs> there, maybe a ten. Yeah, I, I think you have better options, but
0: I, he's certainly very touchdown dependent. Uh, but if you sure. want, but there the will touchdowns be touchdowns. Is you know that's the Bills, right? That that's yep. one of the most efficient offenses. So. I understand yeah. that you can still start him. Certainly, you know, top 12, top 15.
1: Um, yeah, they, they took their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter. So it's hard to say what the numbers would have like, looked like in a more competitive game. But if, if, the Gabe Davis is, if Gabe Davis is out, I'm perfectly fine with McKenzie in a full PPR.
0: Okay, uh, let's move on to the Miami side because I do think the Bills are going to have to keep their foot on the best. to make gas pedal uh-huh. after, after oh. what happens. Uh, against Baltimore because I, I think there's a lot to discuss here. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and more importantly, Tua Tungabailoa. We Ooh. see that ceiling right where everything comes together in a game when you have these two speedsters that can just be gone in the blink of an eye. We talked about how it has Tua has MVP potential this year, right? Just because of it seems like Mike McDaniel's very, very savvy coaching, uh, scheming up these looks. And also, you know, just because we saw Tua do it at Alabama, and the, the argument was always, well, look at his surrounding talent at Alabama. And well, look at his surrounding talent now in Miami, right? Yeah. And it's just, it's hard to argue about that. But uh, I, I will say temper expectations against this Bills defense who can get there with the pass rush that, you know, they barely evaded at times against the Ravens. But more importantly, it's important to note that the Baltimore secondary was really hurt. A lot of injuries already. They were starting three rookies at cornerback. This Bill's defense is going to be much, much tougher. So I would not expect you know, another 40-point outing from Tua this week.
1: Tua does not creep into my startable quarterback range uh, in a, in a one-quarterback league, despite the big uh, showing. But this is exactly what tanking for Tua was all about, right?
0: Yeah, and I don't know. I, I think he sneaks into the top 12 this week. You want to play a, a would-you-rather game? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Obviously, you know, Allen, Herbert, Mahomes, Jackson, Hurts, Murray, right? Those Mm -hmm. guys are locked in starters every single week. you got Kirk Cousins uh, against Detroit at home.
1: (sighs) Kirk Cousins at home. It's not in primetime, right? (laughs) No, it's Sunday noon. Yeah. Uh, Give me Kirk Cousins this week.
0: Agreed there.
1: Uh, Joe Burrow at the Jets. Burrow's gotta get it right. Give me Burrow. Yeah,
0: I mean, despite the Bengals losses, he's been okay in fantasy, right? Like he's not yeah. killing you. Uh Russell Wilson at home against the Niners.
1: I'm probably in a very, very small, depleted camp here, but give me Russell Wilson one more time.
0: I I don't know that two is gonna be that much better, but I think I'd rather go Tua. Which yeah. this Broncos offense, we'll get to the Broncos, but they just do not look right just yet. Um, Tom Brady at home against the Packers.
1: I can't answer that question without knowing what the, uh, who's going to be on the field.
0: Okay. Uh, Garoppolo at Denver. No. Stafford at Arizona. Uh, no, give me some Tua over Stafford. Interesting. Oh, wait, wait,
1: hold on. Hold on. Did you say, Oh no, 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 no. Give me Stafford. Give me Stafford. Okay. Yes. So we're I, about... I, had a, I had a big mental, mental. Uh, I, I was reading further down the line, and I was like, "Wait a second, what are we talking about?" Okay, Derek Carr at Tennessee. We're out of twelve quarterbacks now, aren't we? Well, we're at like nine, I think. No, one, two, three, four. Okay, either way, so we're close.
0: Okay, but I, I think beyond Stafford and Carr, and over Wilson is is kind of where I have Tua right now. Sure, um, but yeah, certainly, you know, again. The Bills' defense is much more menacing. We saw Ryan Tannehill look like Miami Tannehill, not Tennessee Tannehill, yeah. uh, this past Monday. So, yeah,
1: um, worried about the running back room.
0: Yeah, I, I think right now it, it's hard to start Edmonds. It's more more than you know an iffy RB four. Um, I agree. I, I think I think you're hoping for a negative game script here if you start it right. More yep. passes. Um, but I, I will say would not drop Edmonds in most standard leagues because we know that Mostert has not stayed healthy for more
1: than a stretch of a few games in the past. The, the Dolphins were down 20-plus for much of this game. Uh, Chase Edmonds only logged three targets this week. So that, that really worries me.
0: Yep, not the greatest. But again, just with Mostert's injury, I would not be dropping Edmonds. Just
1: no, no, don't drop.
0: All right. Um, again, this is not one I would take for your survivor pools, but I will still lean Buffalo. They've just looked yeah. too good.
1: Yeah. Give me Buffalo.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying crazy things seem to happen in Miami. So yep. <laughs> I, I would not uh, thro- throw crazy a linebacker. Yeah. Uh, All right. You said Buffalo as well. Yes, yeah, sir. All right. Let's move on to the Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'm in Ross St. Brown, 32% target share in week one, 35% in week two. And he's creeping into that must start top 10 territory, uh, until Jared Goff stops targeting him. And right now it's really just him and Swift.
1: Yeah. I'll take the L on Ra. Sorry. Sorry. If, if you listen to me, um, that was, uh, that was my bad, but I certainly expected TJ Hawkinson to be a little more effective than he has been. And I certainly expected, uh, otherwise from the rest of the crew, like, uh, DJ Chark, for example, who logged all of zero receptions this past week. Uh, Yeah, start Amon Ross St. Brown. Don't turn back. All righty. On the Minnesota side,
0: it looks like Adam Thielen's finally showing his age a little bit. Hasn't really done a whole lot through two games, but still seven targets against the Eagles on Monday night. So serviceable territory. Uh, Detroit, of course, their secondary is vulnerable in what could turn out to be another shootout. Not too worried about Dalvin Cook just yet. Again, we know that the Eagles defensive line is very strong. And it, it seems to be like Minnesota just beat up on an even worse Green Bay team in week one. And, uh, so I think right now it's really just Kirk, Jefferson, and Cook and maybe deal.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. Uh, Irv Smith is starting to get a few more looks. He's looking a little better. Uh, dare I say, so he's going to start to creep into that, uh, startable tight end conversation. I should say he is startable, but he, he might start to creep towards that, uh, you know, top 12 tight end conversation in the coming weeks. So just keep an eye on him.
0: Yeah. I want to see a couple more consistent games sure. first. I think cousins was really finally looking at other options with slay shutting down Jefferson for much of the night. Um, and I think that kind of led to more targets for Smith. So we'll see if, if he actually sticks around. Um, Man, this one's tough. I, Do it. I could see it either way, but, you know, when in doubt, give me the home team.
1: No. Give me the Vikings.
0: All right. We are in agreement here. Let's move you know, on. Just
1: because just you're saying it first does not mean you're not copying me.
0: Well, I, that doesn't even make sense, much like a lot of your advice. <laughs> it seems like. <laughs> well, that wasn't advice. That
1: was just analysis. No, oh,
0: yeah. No, I, I think. I do think that people are going to be a little overconfident because again Detroit let Washington back into that game even though they did win, right? Yep. And yep. as bad as Minnesota looked, again, I think it just shows, you know, how good Philadelphia is. I think they're, a, you know, a top 3 seed if not the number 1 seed in the NFC right now. So, just different tiers and Detroit and Minnesota are still very much, uh, you know, in that same tier where I don't think Uh, it's going to be a blowout by one team or the other. All right. Baltimore at New England is the next one. Lamar, Andrews, Bateman. I don't know what uh, more there is to really say here.
1: Mm, Just keep an eye on Dobbins, but certainly can't start him or consider thinking about throwing him anywhere important anytime soon, but he is talented when it's time. Yeah, I mean, even if he's active this week, you don't trust him the first game back,
0: right? Mm -mm. So it's, yeah, I I will say I'd like Isaiah likely as a deep DFS sleeper this week if Bill Belichick opts to really try and take away Mark Andrews. Um, So maybe likely gets a little bit more involved this week, but, uh, you know, obviously in normal redrafts, he's still a very iffy start if you were to go that route. On the Patriots side, Jacoby Myers now. 30% target share through two weeks. We're seeing that this offense is very much dysfunctional, but we see that he's continuing to be that safety blanket for Mac Jones as he was last
1: year. Yep. Jacoby Myers is a, is a startable asset. The running back room is not, it's just not looking great. Um, I don't think you can start Ramondre right now. Damian Harris is getting the looks is not really getting the targets we'd like to see in, in most leagues with a running back split like that. So I don't love it, but if you're starting one new England running back, it's him. Uh, Montgomery, I think has three more weeks out, right?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, even when he's back, you're not starting him, but it just raises the floor. It just hurts.
1: yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, kind of like we said before, right? As long as Matt Patricia's
1: calling these plays, as long as they have these O-line issues, it, it's not great. <laughs> no, it's really bad, actually. It's, uh, although I guess uh, we're, we're due for the Patriots to be bad for a little bit. Yeah, and uh, you know they are missing some.
0: Or they, they lost some pieces on defense as well, and I think this one's Baltimore on the road for me. Give me Baltimore. They're going to be hungry. Yes, sir. All right. Cincinnati Bengals at the New York Jets. I don't know where the panic meter is for Bengals fans, but Burrow, like we just said, he's he's been fine for fantasy. The reason we talked about him as a preseason ADP fade loss is because QB 11 through two weeks, certainly fine, not killing you, but you probably missed out on some potential guys uh, at running back and wide receiver if you drafted him as the QB six in round six, which is about where he was going in most leagues.
1: You hit the nail on the head. You need running backs and wide receivers. You can find replaceable quarterbacks. You could have put two in there and been much, much better off. Yeah. I mean, I think he was going around that same
0: ADP range as guys like Amon Ross St. Brown, Gabe Davis, right? Yep. Uh, even David Montgomery dropped that far in some yeah. formats. So, yeah, it's just that, you know, the offensive line, they made a lot of changes this offseason. I do think they're going to come together, but it sounds like they really need some time to gel. So, Depending on the league, maybe Burrow's a buy low candidate if anyone's panicking on him and they expected him to be this elite caliber quarterback because the weapons are still there and the defense doesn't look great. So I do think that this could really be a lot better, uh, a a much improved Bengals offense in the second half if the offensive line uh, can come together better.
1: Yeah, especially if that manager happened to like, Auto draft Burrow if they weren't in the draft or something. But if somebody went out of their way to draft him early, either they're jumping ship and panicking, or they're probably just feeling like you know what, tomorrow's another day. Yep.
0: I mean, yeah. If you can, I mean, if you can somehow trade Tua for Burrow plus right now, I yeah, still would. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. No question. And I think depending on the league, depending on the level of skill of your, you know, league mates, that's that's a possible trade, right? Yep. Definitely. All right, let's move on to the Jets' side here. Brees Hall Michael Carter, both seven carries, but Hall was certainly more efficient on the ground. Unfortunately, still just one target for him, even though he happened to score a touchdown on that one target. Uh, just an iffy flex play right now, but certainly like him best of the Jets' running backs. Uh, the problem is just that Ty Johnson's still getting involved, especially on some passing downs here. The big news, of course, though, Garrett Wilson. Man, is he the wide receiver one over Elijah Moore? because? Week one, Wilson got a fourteen percent target share to Moore's twelve percent, and then in week two, Wilson just exploded. Thirty-three percent of the targets was really who was uh, Flacco's go-to guy in that comeback victory, and Elijah Moore stayed at that twelve percent target share. Uh, I mean,
1: Wilson needs to be a hundred percent rostered. Yes, he does. Uh, this felt like more like a like they found a matchup. The, the wily old veteran uh, found something that he liked. I don't expect this sort of production from Wilson from a week to week, to be entirely honest, but I absolutely agree. He needs to be rostered.
0: Yeah. But I mean, we're seeing the ceiling, right? Like he can't be oh, yeah. um, on waivers. Um, of course, uh, you know, you're not spending all your fab or anything like that uh, because again, we don't know what this offense is going to look like if, if and when Zach Wilson is back in a couple weeks,
1: which is going to happen. Yeah. And yeah. uh
0: Man, the, the Bengals do not look good. Oh right, also, we've, got to
1: pick one, we've got to pick one of these.
0: <laughs> but also, Burrow, you know, Burrow has shown that he belongs in that top tier potentially of quarterbacks, and I, I do think the Jets are a little overconfident coming into this game after that huge comeback victory. I, I'm I'm leaning Cincinnati here.
1: The Jets are still the Jets. Got to take the Bengals. Too, way too talented around Joe Burrow at wide receiver. Uh, Yeah. Give me the Bengals. All right. The next game
0: up here, the Philadelphia Eagles at the Washington Commanders, Uh, kind of a quiet night against the Vikings from A.J. Brown. Uh, We saw Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard get a lot more involved finally. But uh, at the end of the day, this all all intersects at Jalen Hurts, right?
1: Yep. He's uh, he's a major player. That's why uh, you're putting him in and, I think he's also an early MVP candidate, Mon. Uh
0: I, I do think so as well. I mean, obviously I bet on Trey Lance, but I sprinkled a little bit on Hertz and uh, Tua as well. So we'll yeah. see what ends up happening. Uh, a lot of these young quarterbacks stepping up. And uh, unfortunately, uh, because of how good Jalen Hertz is as a runner, it really takes away touchdown opportunities in the red zone for receivers and for running backs. Miles Sanders, I mean, getting a lot of work, uh, Running well by all measures, but it's just hard to see him getting a ton of touchdowns. It's going to be a weekly guessing game because Hurts can easily just
1: pull it and run it in. So, I think that's the important thing. Where are you starting Sanders and where are you starting Smith?
0: Yeah, I mean Sanders is in that back end RB two, high end RB three range. I mean he's yeah.
1: he's not all that different from like a Damian Harris,
0: which is kind of where we had him ranked preseason. Yeah, uh, or at least where I had him ranked, and uh, you know. I think it's really the top few running backs. And then you, you, you're you hoping for a touchdown from your guys like CEH and Sanders and Damian Harris. And they're all kind of in similar committee roles, kind of leading, but really needing a touchdown to support a,
1: a big game. Looking a lot like tight ends at running back too, huh?
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's why we say draft some of these wide receivers. Uh, I, I liked the hero running back approach a lot this preseason. Um, And then Devontae Smith, I think he's still in that boom-bust wide receiver four territory. You know, we said don't overreact week one, don't overreact week two either. He's not, you know, taking over the number one spot over AJ Brown or anything. Great call. All right. On the other side here, uh, someone who we did not expect to be leading this Washington team in targets was Curtis Samuel, who Hmm. seems like he's finally healthy after, you know, injuries the all of 2021 um, they really got involved with a lot of screens, a lot of scheme touches should be hundred percent rostered and, uh, could be another big, big game for both Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. If Darius Slay is on Terry McLaurin this week,
1: this is a good matchup for the, uh, for the Washington fantasy options because Philadelphia is going to score, uh, early and often. So that's going to preserve value for one and company. So put them in your lineups.
0: Yeah, and you know, we talked about Irv Smith seeing a ton of targets with Slay on Justin Jefferson. So Logan Thomas perhaps viable this week as well. Uh, if he perhaps gets a few extra looks, already had that touchdown in week two. And uh, personally, I would be looking to potentially sell high on Antonio Gibson. Ryan Robinson yeah. already had practice last week, so certainly great for him after that unfortunate shooting incident. Um, yeah. Could be back by week five. So. The, the clock is ticking on those, uh, on those Antonio Gibson shares, I think.
1: But if you can sell them after getting them very likely pretty late in your draft, uh, considering he's starting running back, you're in a good shape.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a situation where I'd look to package together like Antonio Gibson and Miles Sanders for a more surefire, you know, like Alvin Kamara. Yeah, sure. And I, I think yeah. Alvin Kamara is a trade target too, because Absolutely. if someone started one and one or zero oh and two, and they're unsure if Kamara is going to play in week three and they need that production at running back, it's possible to to get that done. If they're sold on Gibson Sanders,
1: I've seen crazier things. That's for sure.
0: All right. So all that being said, uh divisional showdown, you never know, but I am going to take Philadelphia. here. I'm taking the
1: Eagles. This is not a survival pool pick. Yep. Moving on to the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Despite, Panthers. I think the, I think it's the I think they're the number two on the uh, spread right now. I think the Eagles. I think so. I think they're at like seven points or six six points or so. Which uh, there's a lot of closer games this week.
0: There are, but uh, I, the NFC East is kind of like the AFC North, right? I, that's that's what, what I'm saying. saying. I,
1: I I would I would not go. I would not. T- I you know I'm I'm not a betting man, but I would not go the over on that one.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to stick with the Eagles for sure. I think there's a game coming up that I'm going to use as my survivor pick in just a little bit. So we'll get there. Ooh, me too. Um, probably
1: the same one, James. Yeah, It's very possible. All right, Gross. let's go. Is, because, it, uh, is it in two games from now? Uh, it sure is. It sure oh, is. boy. All right, let,
0: let's move on to the Saints at the Panthers here. Um, you know, in, in a week where a lot of the rookie wide receivers blew up. Uh, Chris Olave did not. However, 33% target share against the Bucks, over 300 air yards. Pretty insane, the potential here. It's just that James Winston looked lost against his old team, and here's what happened. If you're just box score watching, Olave did not seem good, but he was open deep on three big throws, and on those three pass attempts, James Winston missed one for an incompletion, uh, missed short, for an interception, and on the third, Alave caught it and he was home free. Could have taken it to the house, but he stumbled and fumbled the ball. So he could have had close to what 250 yards and three touchdowns in this game. Uh, if you've been holding Alave on the bench, you are holding on to him and you are not dropping.
1: Well, I, I hate to hear you say that because I, I was hoping to maybe try and trade for Chris Alave, the most uh, NFL-ready rookie of this year. Stellar player, fantastic wide receiver. If Jameis Winston maybe only had one or two broken bones, maybe they would have connected a few times. But given that he has, I think, five broken bones in his back or something, uh, this could be another rough week for the for the link up. So don't start him just yet, but don't get rid of him.
0: Yeah, although to be fair, you know, Carolina does not have the same kind of pass rush that Tampa has. So could be better days ahead for Lave and Winston. Worth noting here, you know, Alvin Kamara with that rib injury, still very much questionable this week, but we've seen that even though it was Tampa, I know they have a good front seven. I don't know that you really want Ingram in your starting lineup, uh, maybe against Carolina this week. If, if uh, Kamara is out.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, desperation plays.
0: Yeah. I mean, he could stumble into a touchdown
1: as long as yeah. Jason Hill doesn't seal it. He's made a career out of it.
0: All right. On the Panthers' side, uh, we're still seeing Robbie Anderson with a higher target share each week than DJ Moore. I remember all the more hype after Carolina traded for Baker Mayfield. And I, I'll admit, I bought into a little bit, right? Maybe, maybe this is the year for more, but I mean, at some point, I mean, when do we say he's just not a, a very, you know, favored red zone target. I mean, he's very good at getting open downfield, made an amazing catch where he laid out a perfectly placed ball from Baker Mayfield. But, you know, still going to be in that wide receiver three-flex category.
1: Bad quarterbacks don't fix elite wide receivers very often. The Panthers, if they had any sort of replacement-level quarterback, would be 2-0, and not
0: 0-2. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I'd call DJ Moore elite either, right? We, we think he has that potential, but we've seen truly elite wide receivers create with just absolutely nothing. At quarterback. Not with Sam Darnold. Well, sure. <laughs> Or, uh, Not with for, Baker. Yeah, maybe with Brock Osweiler, but uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, all right. At the end of the day, here I'm just taking the Saints' defense in this one. Carolina stinks. It's it's the Saints all day.
0: All right. I mean, yeah, I I, I don't disagree with that uh, with that statement. Um, all right. Let's move on to the Sunday mid afternoon slate. Jacksonville Jaguars at the LA
1: Chargers, Jane Rock, Rock. Sorry, just to interrupt. Yeah. Are, are we panicking on Christian McCaffrey? No, I think maybe. So what's Hissili, the level of panic?
0: <laughs> uh, I would say the same level of panic on
1: Jonathan Taylor. Okay, perfect. I'm there with you.
0: Yeah, I think potentially after this season, if it continues this way, we're going to see a lot more people willing to test out the zero RB strategy heading into 2023.
1: You might be right. Yeah. Good point.
0: Yeah. I mean, the NFL is just moving towards more of a committee approach. Um, but the thing is, these guys are still workhorses. So I'm not, I'm not, you know, burying McCaffrey or Barkley or Taylor. All, all of them had down weeks, but they were all fine.
1: Yeah. Okay. Good
0: call. Yeah. That's I mean, like 10 plus PPR points as a down week for these guys is exactly what
1: you want on a top running back. Right? It's not the 30 that we're used to for Crystal McCaffrey. Right.
0: And I think part of that is Mayfield's just not checking down quite as much. Yep. Um, but again, I just I, you're not selling low on him. I don't know what you're going to get from McCaffrey that would be worth it right now, right? I miss Sam Darnold already. <laughs> well, in the words that I never would thought uh, I would hear <laughs> come out of your mouth. But all right, uh, let's move on to Jacksonville at L.A. Um, uh-huh. James Robinson, speaking of unreliable running backs, uh, <laughs> a lot of people are high on Travis Etienne coming into this year. But James Robinson, again, out-touched him and looked good doing it. Robinson with 23 carries and two receptions um, and then just nine carries and three receptions for ETN. I mean, clearly it's Robinson over ETN every single week until we see something change. And then Christian Kirk.
1: Even getting mixed in in the past game, there's something he, he's clearly done something right as it comes to his Achilles. And uh, yeah, I'm with you on Kirk. And uh, if, if you're desperate at tight ends, I think Evan Ingram uh, is going to keep some value, keep some PPR shots here.
0: Yep, I don't disagree with that. And, you know, just who would have thought that? You know, Cam Akers was who everybody liked coming back from the Achilles, and it turns out to be James Robinson and Sterling (laughs) Shepard.
1: There you go, right? Welcome to the NFL.
0: Yeah, and I will say if you're desperate, I still prefer Zay over Marvin Jones. Rest of the season, if you had to throw in a boomer bust wide receiver for, but certainly don't love him, especially against the Chargers here with, uh, you know, even with Justin Herbert's ribs questionable, I think this is the survivor pick you and I were both talking about, right? Sure is. You got it. Yeah, I mean, we saw he was in just agony uh, late in the game against the Chiefs and then threw a perfectly, perfectly placed ball down the field. And, uh, that, you know, that's, that's why we don't bet against this Chargers team at home against the
1: Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh,
0: still got, taking exactly. the Chargers
1: here. Still taking the Chargers. Um, if Keenan Allen's not playing, I, I do like Josh Palmer, even though he had that one catch that saved his day. Pretty talented guy. Still saw eight targets. Yeah, and certainly elevates Mike Williams' uh, floor and ceiling as well if Allen is out again. Yeah. Um, I think um, it, just looking across league numbers, uh, Gerald Everett is probably the top tight end pickup. Um, but but just, just touching on that.
0: Yeah, I think he's already been rostered in most leagues. So by the time, you know, the, the waivers run this week, uh, which will be before you guys hear the show, I think he's probably already rostered after week one and two, to, or extra after week one, I mean even before week two, I think he was already over 60%. Yeah, But yeah, certainly in the top 10 right now, along with uh, people who we did not expect, like Tyler Higby. But uh, we'll, we'll get to him in, a, in just a second here, because the next game up is the LA Rams at the Arizona Cardinals. Again, we, we kind of thought that, or at least I did, Los, I don't want to speak for you, but I thought that Higby's target share in week one was partially due to the pressure that that Bill's front seven was putting on Matthew Stafford, but apparently he, he has been integrated as part of this offense pretty well.
1: All of a sudden, Matt Stafford likes using the tight end. It's a, it's a wild
0: world. Yeah, and we said that we were still starting Robinson against Atlanta. We would give it another week at the very least, and he certainly came through. I think you can start him again as a wide receiver three with upside yep. against Arizona here. And uh, you know, speaking of those Achilles injuries, Cam Akers doesn't look bad. It's just that apparently they've gone to this 50-50 committee approach where Henderson and Akers are going to cap each other's upside when healthy. And so it really just leaves them both in that RB3 flex area. Henderson just happened to get the touchdown in this past game.
1: If that's what they think is going to get them to the Super Bowl, then I guess I'm all for it.
0: Yeah, uh, just not great for fantasy, but certainly nope. both. Rams running backs should be rostered on the Arizona side, Greg Dortch, a surprising early season hero. He's a usable flex for as long as Rondell Moore and Deandre Hopkins are out.
1: Yeah, uh, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, I think I have him in, I I might have him in both of our leagues. I'm not positive. It's possible. Um, Yeah.
0: And I will say, too, I think if possible, if you're a 2-0 and you have you know, plenty of wide receiver depth, I would be looking to buy Marquise Brown because he's been fairly oh, yeah. quiet through two games. And I, I thought heading into the season that he was going to explode in the first six weeks when DeAndre Hopkins was out. But now I'm, I'm kind of flipping the script. To maybe it's going to be better with Hopkins drawing coverage because they're just blanketing Brown right now.
1: Zach Ertz also looking a little better than I thought in the preseason. So uh, those tight ends, man. It's it's tough here.
0: Yeah, and worth noting too, James Conner left with an ankle injury, but oh, it yeah. sounds minor. So he is a, he is probable for Week Three. That said, it's worth noting that Daryl Williams actually outsnapped you know Benjamin uh, saw more carries and similar targets as Benjamin after. Connor left this game. So if you are stashing a Cardinals running back, I think it's actually still Daryl Williams over, you know, yeah,
1: it is. Yep. Uh, keep an eye on Connor. He's, he's known to have issues disappear uh, late into the week. So you could find yourself a starter this week on the waiver wire.
0: Yeah. And I'm going to give you a chance here, Los to uh, catch up in our pickums because it sounds crazy. And this is probably a dumb pick, but the Cardinals upset the Rams in their first matchup last year. And Kyler Murray always seems to give Aaron Donald in that pass rush trouble and buys time. We saw him do that against the Raiders. And I'm going to be honest, the Rams let the Falcons stick around all game. A lot of unforced mistakes, turnovers. And we saw last week against the Raiders that Arizona has the will to keep fighting if the Rams don't put them away early in this one. So here's your chance, Los. I'm going to take Arizona
1: at home. I appreciate the setup and I will take the Rams on the road to defeat the Cardinals. All right.
0: I think that's a smart pick, but I just got a feeling about Arizona. I don't know what to mm-hmm. say. All right. Let's move on to Atlanta at Seattle. Drake London is absolutely balling. We talked about him in the preseason and unfortunately, maybe it's at the expense of Kyle Pitts. Uh, it's worth noting that Jalen Ramsey was on pits for quite a few snaps, but at the same time, it sounds like Arthur Smith isn't super committed to featuring Pitts in this offense, and we saw in Tennessee that he was a run-heavy guy, and, and you know it was AJ Brown and Derrick Henry, uh, you know, leading the show there. Certainly, we thought that would change with Pitts' talent, but again, I, you can't bench Pitts un- unless you have a really good other tight end
1: option. No, that's not something you're doing this week or any week. Uh, Tyler Ailgeo. Algier coming in, getting a good amount of work in his first game. Just sort of uh, hurting quarterell Patterson there.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, they split carries down the middle. We talked about that possibility, right? Because Damian Williams got hurt early, and that's why we saw Patterson really take over week one, but we cautioned that that might not be the case for week two. And also, Marcus Mariota's ability to run is, is kind of limiting Patterson's receiving usage. We saw a lot of targets yeah. on those checkdowns from Matt Ryan last year.
1: Yep, you got it right. Uh, this is a uh, this is a tough team to to want to rely on.
0: Yeah, certainly don't want to. Outside of maybe just Drake London, maybe yeah. not even Kyle Pitts for the season, but we'll see. Uh, it's certainly not going to be you know Brian Edwards or anybody else mm-hmm. um, on the Seattle side came back down to earth a little bit after that upset win uh, against the Broncos in week one, Kenneth Walker four carries to penny six in his first game back from surgery. That balance is only going to continue to shift as the season goes on. I mean, if you listen to us in the preseason show, we were off both of these Seattle running backs, but he had to start one this week. It's still penny, right?
1: Yeah. he Again, he looks good in the work that he gets. He runs hard. Uh, Unfortunately, with his run style, it's just a matter of time until he gets dinged up, and then we, see, uh, then we see the rookie get a little more action.
0: Yep, but certainly, you know, this Atlanta defense is susceptible to big plays, and, uh, you know, Penny is a startable flex this week, uh, and I think Lockett and Metcalf potential plays as well, although I still think it's going to be back and forth. Whoever gets a lot of that garbage time week to week, um, it's going to be tough to predict.
1: I don't like either of them anymore. Sorry, guys. Yeah.
0: And, uh, I, I don't know, maybe another chance for you to catch up, but I, I like Atlanta. Um, they really stuck around that Rams game. And I just, I don't believe in Seattle. I feel like week one was their like their revenge game against Russell. So they put it all on the line and now it's just
1: what we thought Seattle would be. No, I, I, I unfortunately agree with you there. Um, Atlanta's catching some tough breaks, playing very hard and they want a win badly. Uh, so they're going to get it this week.
0: Yeah, let's not forget they they almost won uh, against the Saints. Yeah. probably should have had they gone yep. for that fourth and one. Um, but yeah, and really, you know, it, they kept it a game against the Rams yep. despite the the score for much of the game. Yep. All right. Green Bay at Tampa Bay. This one should be fun. Uh, Aaron Jones, RB2. I mean, looked amazing against the Bears, but we saw what this Tampa Bay front seven can do to the Saints. Uh, I would probably avoid AJ Dillon. He's just a very iffy flex this week. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. uh, The Tampa run defense is uh, very stout. Stout? 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 Stout.
0: Stout. (laughs) All right. Taking me back to my SAT days. Need those uh, the synonyms. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think running style like Jones could break for you know a long run or two, whereas Dylan's more of that grinder, and, and there's not going to be much to grind against you know Devin White.
1: Yeah, if, if the Packers are going to win this game, it's going to be because of Aaron Jones. Yeah, or maybe Lazard and Tunyon. We'll see.
0: Um, those are the guys that you can maybe rely on in this passing offense. Really, it's it's distributed around, but I will say that was uh, Lazard's first game back from that foot or ankle injury, right? So maybe he gets more involved in week three. Um, And really, it's just, uh, again, we talked about Dallas and Tampa Bay in week one kind of being two sides of the same coin. And I feel like Green Bay and Tampa are too, because you've got a veteran quarterback who's slowing down a little bit. You've got offensive line injuries limiting previous, you know, lights out offenses and I really, I think with their issues, you know, at, at the tackle position at both of them, it's going to be a nightmare against the Bucs. Kind of like what we saw, what is it, two years ago when Rodgers uh, leapt out, left out to an early touchdown lead and then they just shut them out for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. Yep. Um, all right. On the Tampa Bay side, Chris Godwin's still doubtful with that hamstring injury. Julio Jones, uh, who my fiance has on her team and kept asking me what's happening with Julio Jones all week still questionable
1: he's uh he he's got to take a chill pill that's what's happening with mike evans oh well, this is this yeah, is not I mean, his first we'll time so, yeah, <laughs> suspended one game uh all those oh, did you say julio yeah i was saying Julio. oh yeah <sighs> julio man always one of my favorites
0: yeah and
1: uh,
0: we know the, we know the ceiling right he's a hall of famer but just yep. he's getting to that aj green territory where can't trust him at all. And, you know, heading into the season, that's why we were pretty low on him. But yeah, Mike same, Evans, same draft, first round. Yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. Um, and then Mike Evans with that one game suspension. I loved all the all the videos and references to the uh, to the Family Guy, the Peter Griffin and giant chicken fight. That's Mike Evans and Marshawn
1: oh, Lattimore. Gosh. Just the uh,
0: just the constant battling, and uh, they're not wrong, right? And uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, Lattimore has his number. Lattimore owns 90% of the real estate in his hut, unfortunately. And Evans is great. He's got to be above that so that he can, you know, keep playing.
0: Yeah, and uh, we'll see in the matchup. It, it always feels like week or the second matchup between these two teams of the year is a little bit more even-keeled, um, but we'll see. And by the time, uh, Evans did appeal his suspension, but due to recording conflicts, we're actually recording this on Tuesday night so by the time you guys are listening to this, you'll know whether or not that suspension is upheld. And obviously if if he's back, you're playing Evans. But if not, I just I don't know. I mean, this offense isn't what we saw the last couple of seasons, and we were caution cautionary about that, right? With all the offensive line issues on the interior, especially. And so far we've seen that they're much more run heavy this year and they're just not as efficient at scoring.
1: So if he doesn't play, is there any player that you're going after in the in the uh, in the wide receiver core here? There's I, an opportunity, but so, but Jair Alexander is going to be on somebody.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't know that Alexander
1: is going to shadow anyone. No, no, it's no, out. no. I just mean um, each play, he's going to be on somebody.
0: Yeah, I, I think I personally have still held out hope for Gage because I was high oh. on him uh, in the off season heading into this year. And I I just don't know how much of his struggles is still coming back from that hamstring injury, right? I mean, we've seen that Perriman and and even Scotty Miller have been very much involved over gauge. So I I don't know if that's just he's getting back up to speed, not fully 100% back from that hamstring just yet. So depending on the league, in, in, in shallower leagues, I'm fine with dropping gauge, but I'm probably holding for now.
1: Sure. Uh, if it comes to it, uh, for me, it's Scotty Miller this week. And of course a healthy dose of Leonard Fournette, uh, with green Bay, allowing a nice amount of yardage on the ground to, uh, to David Montgomery.
0: Yeah. And th- this feels like one of those like 23, 13 type of games where I mm-hmm. would take the under and I think Tampa Bay's defense just kind of grinds out a home victory. Yeah.
1: That's uh, that's what I was going to say.
0: All right. We are on the same page on um, this one. So that brings us to Sunday night football, the San Francisco 49ers
1: uh, at the Denver Broncos. So much potential.
0: Yeah. My, oh, my heart hurts talking about this one. Just pour one out for Trey Lance with a fractured yeah. ankle and fibula, uh, similar to that Dak Prescott injury a couple of years ago. We saw, um, you know, that obviously was a season ending injury. So in redraft, you can drop Lance well, we'll talk about the fantasy impact, and it's probably good for Debo Samuel, right? Not as great for Brandon Ayuk because we've seen Garoppolo's usual low dot features more of that yards after the catch get Debo Samuel in space closer to the line of scrimmage than those downfield bombs to Ayuk that we were seeing from Trey Lance in camp.
1: I'm perfectly fine with Ayuk. Uh, I think Garoppolo's a better throwing quarterback. Uh, sure. He's not going to have as much action downfield, but with all the injuries in the running back room, they're going to have to be playing Samuel Moore running back as he's been quite effective at doing. And we're going to see uh, some games where Ayuk puts up those seven to 10 target numbers. Again, I I'm actually more than fine with Ayuk not necessarily starting this week, but uh, but at least the roster.
0: Mm, I don't love it. I think he's going to be inconsistent. And I just, I don't know that he's going to get a ton of those deeper targets, even if Samuel sees some snaps. I don't want,
1: I don't want deep targets for him. He's not, that's not his success point. At least not the last two years. Yeah, but I mean, that's kind of a,
0: that was kind of the high hope heading into the season, right? With Lance, it well, would open you. up more of the downfield. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> for, you, for you, it was. <laughs> fair enough. Maybe we see this offense differently then, but certainly we agree that it's good for Debo Samuel, yes. And,
1: and it's way, way better for George Kittle if he can ever get healthy.
0: Yes, and it, it does sound like he'll, he's expected to likely be back this week. Uh, apparently, he was reportedly close to playing in week two, but they just didn't want to take any chances. And it's worth noting, too, that Jeff Wilson just got 40% of the carries in week two, Um, but Tyrian Davis-Price with a high ankle sprain is going to be out for quite a few weeks. Yeah. So I think I want to get your opinion because the Niners just elevated Marlon back to the active roster earlier today. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, if I'm stashing someone not named Jeff Wilson, I still like the undrafted rookie free agent Jordan Mason.
1: Yeah, it's definitely Jordan Mason. It's, it's too soon for Mac.
0: Okay, because I, I see Mac as a depth move where they, where yeah. they need that guy, but I think if someone's going to suddenly get the hot hand, it's going to be Mason over Mac.
1: Yeah, I, they're all depth moves, but that's exactly who scores points for you in the, uh, in the San Francisco backfield.
0: Right, but I'm saying you agree that yeah. if you could only stash one, it's Mason. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Let's talk about the Broncos side here. Jerry Judy left that game against Houston with a chest injury. It sounds like he might be doubtful for this week. Um, So you're firing up Cortland Sutton and Javante Williams. And I think that's probably about it. So we see some life from this Denver offense. It's starting to look more and more like it was just some Aaron Rodgers magic in Green Bay and not Nathaniel Hackett's doing. Uh, kind of like how we saw, you know, Peyton Manning basically got Adam Gase a head coaching job
1: after that Denver magic about a decade ago. Nathaniel Hackett needs to go back to coaching school. Just absurd, absurd, unaware decisions throughout the entirety of the first two games. Don't know what he's doing. Um, dare I say that Russell Wilson finds his way onto the bench for right now? Against the Niners, yeah. I mean, I said I would yeah. start Tua
0: over over uh wilson this week
1: it's close i i don't think my heart could make it happen happen if i had it anywhere but this is just such a disappointing team i was so excited new look denver let russ cook amazing wide receivers phenomenal backfields great uh, you know good to great (laughs) good tight end we'll say good tight end and it is just not coming to fruition yet. Now, granted, it's only two weeks into of the season. By week five, we may be doing a completely different song and dance. But definitely expectations are down right now for everybody except Sutton and Javante Williams.
0: Yeah, and I will say we keep this you know, mostly fantasy-focused. But from a, a real NFL point, I think part of the issue with Nathaniel Hackett is his indecisiveness, right? That costs them some of the field goal and just sure. some of those decisions where Uh, you know, one of the, one of the best pieces of advice that my friend Alex gave me in college was sometimes it's not so, it's not so much the path that you choose, but how confidently you're, you're taking that path. Right. Sure. Versus just standing at that fork and burning timeouts and getting penalties and all that
1: Yeah, or letting, you know, the last four minutes of the game run out two weeks ago. Like, okay. Yeah.
0: But, uh, all right, enough, <sighs> enough,
1: about, uh, enough about
0: railing on Denver. And, and sorry if you're a Broncos fan. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I'm still taking the Niners on the road. Yeah, I, I didn't want to do it, but I'm taking the Niners. All right. That brings us to Monday Night Football, the Dallas Cowboys at the Giants. Uh, <laughs> Dalton Schultz with that PCL sprain. Uh, may or may not miss some time, but it's the same injury that Ezekiel Elliott had last year. So maybe we should lower expectations for Schultz. Rest of season, real quick, close. Dalton Schultz, if someone offered you Gerald Everett for him right now.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Big Everett? Yep. Uh, Friar Muth? Friar Muth. Uh, Tyler Higby? Higby.
1: Dawson Knox? Is this the tight end one on my team? Yes. Dawson Knox. Okay. All right, so yeah, I mean, that kind of
0: shows what we feel about Schultz, right? I mean, yeah. I think he's still like when he's healthy, I think you you'll still be able to start him. I'm just not sure we're going to see, you know, that top five finish, and we weren't expecting that coming into the season anyway,
1: right? No, we were we were expecting a volume play along with Dak. We don't yeah. have Dak, and we don't have volume right now, and we've got a bum knee, so I I I would not play him in almost any situation this week. Yep, and much
0: like uh, Greg Dortch, uh, we saw that Noah <laughs> Brown—he's a viable flex until yeah. uh, you know Jalen Tolbert develops and until Michael Gallup's back. And I, I don't know if you heard the announcers—they must have said about 80 times during the broadcast it's all that chemistry uh, with the twos with oh, Cooper Rush, gosh. but uh, they're not wrong. They're not wrong, and uh, you know he was fine filling in for Dak Prescott, which we talked about last week. So hopefully, you didn't bench C.D. Lamb
1: unless you had some really good alternatives. They got to give these guys some more talking points, you know, either that or just, you know, just put Tony Romo on every game. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll call it now. I think in less than 10 years, there
0: will be a fantasy slash betting analyst uh, in the booth with. Oh, wow. Nice. Matthew Barry. Uh, yeah, I, I could see it. I mean, he's he's spearheading the drive for NBC it, right now.
1: Yeah, making strides at NBC. And yeah, hey, I'd, I'd rather
0: I'd rather hear him talk about DK Metcalf's target share than you know Collinsworth and whoever just talk about how great Aaron Rodgers' hair looks or whatever it is.
1: But <laughs> we right, did look. go back to that German guy like six times that game,
0: huh? I mean, that's an uncanny resemblance. So I'll I'll give the I'll give them that one. Uh, there, <laughs> okay, there's some fine. bits on there I enjoy. All right, all right. let's move on to the Giants side. Barkley, like McCaffrey, I think he'll be fine even after a a quiet day against Carolina. But really, let's talk about Sterling Shepard who seems to be emerging as the number one here. He should be rostered, especially in deeper leagues. Quiet day um, against the Panthers, but a 32% target share. He joins James Robinson on that list who have surprised us with how involved and efficient they are coming back from the Achilles tear. And I, I think he's startable as a flex.
1: He's an okay flex, but I, I don't expect a very big upside for any of the past catchers here against Dallas's defense. If, there, if there's one place where Dallas isn't completely weak, it, it is in their past defense. Yep.
0: And I expect uh, much like green Bay at Tampa. I expect this to be another ugly, low-scoring game where I'm going to lean the potentially 3-0 Giants.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the Giants. It's Saquon. It's Daniel. Daniel Jones might try to squander this game and throw it away, but um, Saquon's going to keep him going. All righty. So
0: no mailbag questions this week because we had to push it up and record on Tuesday, but certainly you can reach out to us on Twitter with those sit-start questions. Um, I am locking in the LA Chargers as my survivor pick. Los, are you sticking with them? We just talked about it earlier.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers uh, a couple of reasons. Um, uh, playing Jacksonville, I expect them to do quite well, despite Herbert's uh, ribs being uh, hobbled a little bit. And then in the later part of the season, so teams like the Chargers, I do typically try to save to late part of the season. Their second half looks like San Francisco, Kansas City, Arizona. The Raiders, who always seem to get things together, Miami. So, so this is a good spot to use the Chargers.
0: Yep. All right, Dan, where are you? Are you with us this week? Or are you going off on your own again? Uh, okay, so <laughs> I, the good news is that I don't have to pick the Bengals anymore.
1: Yep. Um, so they're yep. out of the
0: way. But unfortunately, since I did lose that pick, I kind of want to take the Vikings this week. But they're a risky pick. And yep. if I lose, I'm out. So I'm going to have to go with the Chargers and with you guys. All I mean, right, I, we gain no
1: ground uh, this week.
0: But <laughs> another, right. But another good option could be the Chiefs, too, because the Colts have been bad. Yep. So I'm kind of, I'm still thinking I'm going to go with the Chargers. Yeah. Yep. It's just tough, you know? And we will, right. we will discuss if we need a backup, if Justin Herbert is actually ruled out of this game. But as of right now, we are expecting him to play probably with an injection of some sort.
1: Oh, oh, he's playing. Don't worry about yep.
0: it. All right. So that's going to wrap it up for the week three preview. Uh, best of luck and uh, Los, Take it away.
1: Yeah, you can find uh, you can find me at ffa underscore los. That's of course L O S. Find the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, anywhere you're listening. Please remember to like and subscribe. Don't miss any of the upcoming episodes, um, especially when we get uh, a little shuffled around in our week. So, surprise! You've got a podcast Wednesday morning this week.
0: Yeah, it's a fantasy world. We're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts.